Welcome to the Big Fly Pod. So I got a joke into right field. There it goes. See ya. First into the air. Oh. He drives one. Deep left field. That goes up to it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to episode 54 of the Big Fly Pod with your co-hosts, Vinny D'Amato and T. Lou. We are on to our next team here on our 2024 Outlook segment with the Detroit Tigers, which will be a really exciting conversation as this has been a team that, man, for a couple of years here, it's been rough, but I know that they are on the right path, and Vinny would probably agree as well. We're also going to talk about some other things, sort of a Last episode here before the new year, we got some hopefully some really, really nice things that will happen for us here in the upcoming new year. But uh, first, let's check in with Vinny. Vinny, how you doing, buddy? Tilo, I'm great. Thanks for asking. Happy to be here. Excited to be here. It's another beautiful day. As you were talking, too, you mentioned the new year. I thought maybe we could do a little segment, you know, just kind of a, a spur of the moment, like some new year's resolutions for a few teams. Like what, what maybe do some teams want to do differently next year? Because I'm excited for this Detroit Tigers team. I think, you know, like you said, they got a lot of exciting, exciting young players. So, um, you know, I'm sure they're going to put it together at some point over the next few years. And just, this is the best part about baseball to me is watching the young guys come up and play and have an impact at the MLB level. And this team's full of them. So really excited. And, and you are right. I mean, this team is could be potentially loaded. I mean, in, in, in the coming years, and we talk about it, right? Because the AL Central is, I don't know. You're telling me that the Tigers can't win in the division next year? I mean, come on. Um, but let's, before we get into more with the Tigers, um, you know, we are, like we said, we're rolling into our last, last uh, little show here before the end of the new year. And I thought what was a very, very funny tweet I saw today on X came from the one and only Joey Votto. Did you see this, Vinny? I did not, but I'm curious. He, he, this just relates to everything that's happened with the hot stove thus far and how it's been probably the most boring free agency we've had in quite some time, just because we're all very, very impatient. But he says, quote, being a free agent is like that scene from Gravity where Sandra Bullock detaches from the Explorer. You're all alone. No one is answering your calls, and you don't know if you'll get back to base. Your only hope is George Clooney saving you. Save me, George. I think we all should be saved by George. Does that mean Vado's going to play still? I thought, is he done? Isn't that kind of weird? Because wasn't he... He's just been injury riddled the last few years. Kind of want to retire in Cincinnati. I thought that he was going to be retiring, but Man, he's can we both agree? Can we both agree that he's a pitcher inside a hitter's body? I think the way he acts, yeah, sure. he's kind of a strange dude. And pitchers are strange dudes. Is that what you're trying to say? You got a problem with pitchers? Yes, I do. Yes, yeah, I think yeah, pitchers are yeah. very, very strange people. Yes, Let's get, get in the box. Let's see see how well you fare against me. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Well, maybe we'll throw Sam Olberger in there too as well. Oh, that'd be Maybe fun. He could be. Does he throw? I mean, I don't know what his uh, 
because you know he could ump. We could just do a little rotation. I think you know, Sam would, wouldn't mind umping. I think Sam would be a fantastic ump. I think so too. He'd be animated. I'd love to see that. Like I would actually love that. I think strike, we're gonna tweet this strike. out to him. I think that we're gonna tweet beautiful. this out to him yeah. and let him know. Yeah. Um, speaking of hot stove, not really much going on. Andrewton Simmons retired. One of the best gloves I've ever seen. Like his early highlights are are tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. I don't know much about his career. I'd have to watch some highlights, but that's been pretty. You got Mitch Garver, the Mitch Garver signing. I don't know if we, we already talked. Said, we we already talked about that, Vinny. Oh, sorry, it's, that was it was on official. One, that was on it was episode fifty three. It was on episode fifty three. I know, but it it was official today. So oh no. oh so you oh so we're officially uh, so we're, yeah, we're trying yeah. to be more official on this podcast. Yeah. We don't want to just mm-hmm. drop. We stuff. don't just take. We don't just tweet random things and say you know whatever we feel like just for for views. Maybe we should start. Tyler is growing a foot on his forehead. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, but what else we got in the transaction news? White Sox, you, you mentioned they signed left-hand pitcher Tim Hill. Tim Hill. Sure. Tim Hill. Timmy One boy. Yeah. Free agents from the Padres. Yeah. Um, Bubba Thompson was DFA'd by the, the Reds. That's kind of sad. I, I always liked Bubba Thompson. I hope he finds his way back. And the Kevin Kiermeyer is official. So, you know, now we can officially talk about these things. Oh, oh, uh, and, and then we could also talk about IKF. Oh, I love what it. What is his actual name, Vinny? Are you saying it's not Isaiah? Kind of Falefa? There we go. There we go. Signed a two-year deal with the Jays. Yeah. Um. Now, I think this pretty much solidifies that they're out of the running because that's of a, a Bellinger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There was a heavy. Do you do you follow the uh, the baseball images that precede unfortunate events? I have, I have. Yes. There's a. Did you see the Blue Jays tweet about that? Some a Blue Jays fan like two years ago said we may have lost today, but or something like that. But it's better than watching IKF run out onto the field every day for the Yankees or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no. And now they got to watch him. So that's pretty funny. Um. Yeah, I'm, I you know IKF defensive specialist got a little bit of speed. I think. I mean, you just got to plug and play anywhere. But can we all be honest and say that I hope that dude is the best player on the field every time they play the Yankees? No, that'd be that'd be awesome. I'd be a fan of that. Like I absolutely, I I just the Yankees make me cringe with their fan base and everything. I, More I so just... than the Dodgers right now, or. I, I, the Dodgers fans are actually pretty mild. I would have to say, I, unless you've dealt with worse no, no. Philly, I maybe Phil. I mean, well, well, yeah, yeah, but, but hold on. I feel like there's a difference in fan bases when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies and the Eagles. You're going to have to we explain don't see, that one because I think they're just psycho in general. I, so, and they love it. They, videos of fans walking into I don't know what Eagles stadium is the Hawk or something probably like no, that the link the, oh the link that's great um <laughs> they are legitimately like taunting these people and harassing these people at least with Phillies I feel like no other fan is or all I think baseball fans are a lot yeah. smarter than football fans and realize maybe we shouldn't go to this stadium uh, and experience this like Cowboys fans like to go to Philly and somehow not fight 17. You know, maybe that's what they want. You know, maybe they're just looking for that on a Sunday. They, you know, they're mad at work or, you know, whatever else. And they're just like, I want to get some aggression out. Like, 
Oh, no doubt. No, right. I mean, there's so th- there is such a difference with football to baseball fans. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It is so crazy. Um, oh, you know, one other thing we didn't touch on. I don't know if this was uh, anything too crazy, but did you see that there were some new MLB rule changes? I saw the 18 seconds, right? Is That's one of them. Um, yep. So like you, like you just said there, so pitch clock wise, uh, going from 20 to 18 seconds, which. Um, Why? Yeah, right? like, I don't I don't. The game is so fast now compared to what it used to be. It was awesome. Um, mound visits will be reduced from mm-hmm. five to four, which I think is actually probably the most significant out of this. Sure. Uh, the runner's lane, the runner's lane will be widened to include the dirt between the foul line and infield grass. Uh, so we're back to T-ball. Mm-hmm. And then pitcher warming up. A pitcher who is sent out to warm up for an inning must face at least one batter. Yeah, were they not doing that? I'm confused. I saw this one too, and I kind of wanted to talk about this. So what do you think this means? Good question. I mean, A I can't imagine... Means- like if, if they send somebody out and he's like, Oh, I, I, you know, my arm hurts. I can't throw. I don't think that they're going to make someone pitch. Right. Like that's the only thing I could think of because why, like how many teams are sending people out? Thing. Yeah. I, 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 I would have just I assumed was... that that results in a pitch clock violation if you don't have a guy ready. So we'll let I'm... the, we'll let the professionals maybe, maybe as that one gets hashed out a little bit more, understood a little bit more, we can yeah. talk about it, but I, I don't get that either. I have, no idea. I'm as lost as you are. Vinny, you talked about it earlier, man. New Year's resolutions. We actually didn't even have this tied into the show. This is kind of a no-notes show. I don't know if we told you, Vinny, but before you came on, we had no-notes episodes. So it's mm. basically just come on and kind of talk about just stuff, talk. which is sure. which is great and all. Um, but so, okay, let's throw out a couple of New Year's resolutions then. Okay, my first resolution is that the Yankees aren't a three-outcome team. So no home run walk strikeout for some of their players. Strikeout, home run, walk. That's all they were. You know what I'm saying? So I think the Yankees could potentially be a no. I mean, I I how the I mean, didn't they just sign one of the best walking agreed ever? Agreed, agreed. They brought in Juan Soto, which is legitimately what they what they are, Mm -hmm. right? Um which speaking of two, I don't know if you do you know Aaron Judge's. I, I saw him. Sorry, we're going on the no notes again. Aaron Judge's average exit velocity is ninety seven point two miles an hour, like just unreal number, unreal. But, the best photo in in the MLB potentially in the last couple of years, besides Otani throwing his glove in the air during the WBC, is him standing next to Altuve. It's still the best. <laughs> He's like a tight end out in the outfield. Like that's it is. He has a yeah. tight end size. Um, let's see. What can I come up with? I mean, if I'll stay in my fandom, I don't. I don't necessarily care if it's this year. I want the Cubs to act like a freaking big market team at some point. Like. I get they're building for the future. That's probably why they're waiting. I have heard, I don't know if you saw this today too, they appear to be favorites to land Cody Bellinger. That came out according to John Heyman today. Maybe that's part of it, but if it's not Bellinger, it's got to be. You, you can't just keep running out You know what they've been doing. Not that it's they're not a bad team, 
But if we want to compete, the central's wide open. Like this is mm-hmm. the time, you know, the reds are looking better. We don't want to wait for them to get too good. Like this is the time to grab it. So that would be a resolution for that. I would have for the Cubs just in general, just act like a freaking big market team for once because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the, the penny pinching sometimes, especially watching the Dodgers spend a billion dollars. So agreed. That's, that's agreed. But what if Yamamoto and Otani don't work out? Chances are they won't be worth the money. The business side is why they sign them to those significant of contracts, yeah. right? Yeah. Not, I mean, maybe Yamamoto not as much because Yamamoto was uh, supposedly the Mets and the Yankees were around the same number. I think the Mets were at 325 and the Yankees were at 300. But Otani, you make all your money on the business side, but if he has an injury at his arm, then you know, you're just shooting yourself in the foot in the future when it comes to the CBT or is that what it is? The CBT, excuse me. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that pr- properly, but like the luxury tax and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Luxury tax. So, you know, the way that I look at the Cubs right now, I guess that we want to throw this in here. It's our, it's our episode. It's yeah. Our episode. yeah we can do um, here's my whole thing. I think Jed Hoyer truly wants to be the Braves and Dodgers and let's be real. The Braves and Dodgers, if they were in the Cubs position right now, do you think that they're signing the names that they are? Well, and that's you're right. But that is why I said not maybe right now. Like I get it for maybe this offseason, but I mean by this time next year. Correct. Correct. I agree with you that by next year, if they are not making these moves, then that this then Jed has done a, a poor job. Yeah, I mean, if you're not trading for a Juan, so you know, some type of by high, next year, by yes, end by of this next point, year, next year, end of next by, year. Oh, you're saying of, so middle of be, next, you know. You are you saying before 2025? I yes, that's like my hard deadline, but yeah. I think my soft deadline, the one that I really want to see, would be by the all-star break. Like okay. Show okay. us that you are doing something. Then what I think needs to happen then is I, th- I almost want to try and predict if the Cubs will be what you want them to be by the all-star break. You're saying all-star break of 2024? Yeah. yeah. Next the season. You need PCA to start in center field day one, right? Because you need him to get hot, right? I, I, I was doing a bunch of research on PCA because I'm fascinated by this whole dilemma of what's going to happen, right? You and I were texting about it. Like, are Bellinger's talks in hold because he wants to play yeah, center field moving forward? Yeah, and, mentioned too. But if PCA does not start in center field day one of 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 the 2024 season, how is that kid ever gonna? He, you can tell that he's a kid who gets who gets hot. Like he just gets hot. It's rhythm. It's at bats. It's all those things. So if he doesn't have that opportunity, and you do not go with Bell or you you go with Michael A. Taylor or somebody else to be your starting center fielder or Cody Bellinger and you bring up Mervis. Like I don't see how the Cubs are attacking free agency at, at, at the all-star break. If PCA is not center starting in center field, because of that whole dynamic, right? Cause then if they're signing, if they're trying to make a big move, we know Jed is sensitive with these moves. He's, he's kind of probably regretting the Tyone deal a little bit now. Hopefully that changes this year, but do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. Yeah. And Something I just thought of. I mean, are you opposed to signing Belly to a long-term deal 
if he wants to play center field and dare I say trade PCA for something stellar, you know, some sort of stellar package in return. I don't know what you could get, but is that blasphemous to say? Who do you trade PCA to? And that's I'd have to miss that would be a D, over here. That'd be a yeah, you'd D have to dive, dive into like man. who because I mean maybe it's something like for Pete Alonzo contingent on mm-hmm. an extension or you the know Mets are the Mets are in that realm now. Right. So I could, you know does it'd be so funny if you went back to New York. And that's I no. I don't think he wants to. I maybe he does, but no, no, no. I'm talking about PCA because PCA. Oh, oh, right. From that, yeah, how funny that's is true. That? I didn't think of that. Yeah, I think if we're getting Pete Alonso, <laughs> we're not going to have to. Tra- I don't think we're going to have to trade PCA, just because P- because Pete Alonso's he's he's one year. Yeah, I think yeah, that now if it's at the deadline, I don't think Jed Hoyer makes that move. Well, I, maybe we get something else too instead of just Pete. Would be my thought. We'll probably eat some of his salary and and pay. But you know, PCA for Alonzo and I don't know who else would be. I think my only thing that I wish Jed Hoyer would do, in my personal opinion, is come out and be honest about what you truly want to do. The problem that I have with me saying that too is like we still have two months. Like I heard something today where they talked about, I think the 50 of the top free agents last season, 40 of them were signed before New Year's. Hmm. How wild is that, man? And we aren't even, what do we have? Yamamoto, Otani. A lot of little ones, but yeah, nowhere near. 40. No, I mean, you, cor- yeah. correct, correct, correct. But Otani, Yamamoto. Big names, Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola, which was golly, that's not, that feels like years ago. I mean, man. Tyler Glass now. Tyler Glass now, which was a trade, so not free agent. Oh, I guess you're right. I was thinking that they of the extension per se, because I was yeah. So Bellinger, Montgomery, Stroman, um, who else? Uh, Sonny Gray, right? Sonny Gray, nope. Sonny no. Gray signed Who's with. Not, I'm sorry, Matt Stephen Matz. That's what, right? Nope, Those Stephen Cardinals. Matt. Steve Matz is no, he's he's gonna be on the roster as of now. But Sonny Gray is off the board. He signed with the Cardinals, right? Mm-hmm. Um I just think that it's such a weird offseason, too, because if you kind of think about it, after Yot- Otani and Yamamoto, it's really not the most electric free agency. No, and even next year we're not looking at a too too good of a because I think the bulk of the quality in the league right now are young guys who are still on long-term deals. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the first people, it's brilliant. Drafts, Acuna, Bobby Witt, Car- Corbin Carroll, Julio Rodriguez. Like these are the superstars. They're all on, you know, still their rookie deals. Oh, Acuna, right? Not, but or, or rookie deals that have long-term that... extensions that mm-hmm. they're not moving anytime soon. So that are big time extensions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we may see. I think we're going to see more of those, Vinny. I really yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense for a team to lock up a dude like that. Well, think yeah. about it, right? If I can lock up a guy and I can go, okay, I'm going to pay him nine point three, ten million a year, whatever it is, Jackson Churio, whatever that is. Yeah, he's another and one. Yeah. Arbitration now, man. These numbers are going to continue to just excel because of these guys that are what they're going up against in reference to the open market and and other guys that are. Um, in the same realm or same class as they are. 
and they're just saving so much more money doing so. I'd be curious, and I, I'm thinking too what Sam would think. Is it a win for the Cubs if they do what the Brewers just did with Jackson Sherry, if they do that with PCA? What if they sign PCA to an eight-year, $70 million? I don't think he's got quite the upside as Cheerio, but... I mean, what else do they have that's a, a burden on their payroll? I mean, a burden at the moment? Nothing, Nothing right? I mean... I, people want to say Tyone. I'm like, well, dude, if Tyone goes out there and he's... You know, I think actually Sam, funny enough, said this on the podcast today. If he's a high three, low four, I... I actually think that Tyone's going to have a decent year. And I think people need to understand that he is not a one or two, maybe a three, maybe. Yeah. Three is pushing. I, I think a four. You, I was going to say a four. And, he, and he's, paying he's, a, he's a vet though. He's, you know, I, yeah. I don't mind having him. I, I really love don't. his attitude as well. I've loved everything about Tyone and he went out there in New York last year and shoved. And it was like, okay, maybe we're starting to see, him kind of turn the page, you know, a little bit. I'd love to get some players. I'd love to get a player on here that would be willing to sort of open up about those things, like going to a new city and like, what does that transition look like? And not hearing like, well, you know, you have your ups and like, I want to truly know, like when you go into that ballpark, like that new ballpark, like it's got to feel weird. That's got to feel so weird. Like you're going out on the mound, like everything's so different. The environment, like, we're so like if we go into uh, a new job, right? Our new job consists of, you know, a you know a training period and all these certain things. Like for pitchers, yes, they step on a mound, they throw a ball. They've been doing this their entire life, but like you are in a completely different mantra because new catcher, new pitching coach, new analytical department, new ownership, like, or not ownership. Um, excuse me, uh, new management. Like all these different things, like. It's new really uniform, interesting. new fans, new... It's everything, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. It new, really is. New house, right? You got to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Family environment, all those things. Like, you know, is is the family happy? Like, yeah, man. I, I, I really wish that people weren't so iffy to judge a player. Oh, yeah. Right away. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? 100%. Maybe an Eric Fetty could, could tell us. I don't know, Christian. Something, you know. Well, that would be wild because it's like, hey, I went from the United States to Korea. Dude, he would be <laughs> such a cool interview. He would it be, would be. A, a phenomenal interview. Eric, I know you're listening to this. I really, <laughs> really would love to have you on the podcast. Vinny, um, let's transition, buddy, to a team that I think that they're going to have a lot of guys being in Detroit for quite some time. And we may... We may, funny enough, see an extension for one of their players here soon, like a Spencer Torkelson. Let's talk about the Detroit Tigers, brother. Uh, finished second in the dreadful AL Central last year with a 78 and 84 record. I can't believe I had to write dreadful on my notes page. I don't, <laughs> do that. I don't need to do that. I don't know what um, else you'd write. Yeah. I don't really know what else I'd write either. Um, some really nice free agent ads here so far. Kenta Maeda, who will be uh, jumping in the rotation. Shelby Miller as well, who's always been a fun arm to watch. Jack Flaherty, who is a guy that I think we can all agree we're all rooting for, um, who was so electric when he came in the MLB. has sort of kind of fallen off a little bit, but I think, you know, going to a little bit more of a kind of an easier situation. Yeah. will make things a lot easier. Uh, Trades-wise, uh, or uh, re- returning free agents, uh, Mark Canna, which was one of 
you know, you, you actually said it yourself, a very, very nice ad that they got from Milwaukee. And then Andrew Chafin, um, a left-hander who we loved in Chicago, uh, returns on a free agent deal who was with the Tigers this previous year. Um, first off, your thoughts on those moves? Well, I think the moves signify that they're they're shooting for the AL Central title. You know, you don't bring on, you know, not that Andrew Chafin or, you know, any of those guys are, are franchise changing, but they definitely plug some holes that every team needs to worry about, you know, depth with Shelby Miller and um, with Jack Flaherty and with Kenta Maeda, you know, they're all two-year, one-year deals. So those are the holes that you need to fill if you're going to try to make a run at, at the division. And you mentioned at the beginning too, this division's pretty wide open. Like Minnesota's solid, but I don't think that they're head and shoulders above the Tigers by any means. And doesn't take much for a lot of these young guys on this team to take a step forward. And they're they're five, ten games above Minnesota without, you know, without looking back. So I am very excited for what this team has to offer. Um, I was curious, and this was I was gonna ask you too. A little bit of trivia time for you, Tyler. Are you ready for some trivia? Are you ready? I love no, trivia. No, no looking it up. No, no cheating here. I want you to tell me the last time that the Tigers won the World Series and the last time that they were in the World Series. It could be the same year. I'm not gonna okay. not gonna okay. so last time they won the World Series. Um this will dictate how well this podcast go, does moving forward. Um I'm gonna go on a limb um because I truly I don't have a hundred percent of an answer. I would not have known. Eighty six. You are so close. It is nineteen eighty four. Oh, oh, oh it kind of felt good. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It kind of sat yeah. with me, and I was like, "This might work." I don't know where that came from. Where did eighty six come from? So Just... I. Do you ever like on like social media accounts like when old school baseball? accounts come up where it's like old school baseball slides or fights or how pitchers used to throw inside you know all those things yeah i i for some reason came across maybe a video of of the tigers playing in the world series in the 80s i don't it it doesn't feel right now the last time they were in the world series i want to say would be um, i'm trying to think because when they would have faced when they had verlander um Price, Scherzer, what a rotation, man. Two thousand seven, a little bit too early. Let too me early. Okay. let me tell you some some other names. So Verlander, Scherzer, number three. So that these guys were on the team that were yeah, in the World Series. You were right. Rick Porcello was their three. Doug Fister was their four. And ready for this. Drew Smiley was their five. Isn't that okay, wild? This is really cool. This is really, really cool. Um, they also had Miggy, who, if you know this, won the MVP this year. So there's sort of an after 2003. They had a field of Alex Avila. What? Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say 2005 was the White Sox. 2004. I said 2000. I said you were early with uh, your first guest, 2007, right? Oh, 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 2010. A little bit later. You got to go a little bit later. Two years. 2012. 2012. Okay. 2012. Okay. I feel good about it. I feel good yeah, about it. Yeah. They ran out of field. This is when they had Prince Fielder. 
Miggy was in his prime, obviously. Alex Avila, Omar Infante, Austin Jackson. Some some good names on this team. That was such so, a that was such a fun team. Just thought that'd be a little fun little little trivia for you. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I won't make you guess the projected lineup for this year, but it looks not too shabby. I, I have it up, but I, I don't have to look. I don't really want the you. weird thing was Matt Fearling, I think, is scheduled to play third base for them, which is okay. Is wild. Yeah, yeah, we know we know you had it up. Parker Meadows in center, Riley Green in right, Spencer Torkelson at first, Kerry Carpenter at the DH, Mark Canna, the new free agent add and left, Matt Vierling at third base. Good job, Vinny. Second base, Zach McKinstry. Wonderful player for fantasy last year. Shortstop Javier Baez, and then the catcher, Jake Rogers. I have McKinstry not as their second baseman. I have Colt Keith slotted in as their second baseman. You have who, excuse me? Oh, Colt Keith. We're going to talk about some Colt Keith. Are we going to talk about a little Colt Keith? I'm a big fan of Colt Keith, Tyler. I think he's someone we should pay attention to once our prospect draft rolls around because this guy, he's got some stuff. So I'm guessing that this, is he on the is he on the 40 man? That I don't know. What's it, Keith? Yeah, not Keith Colt. Colt Keith. Yeah, he is not on the 40 man. So they probably will not add him until prior to. Meaning, what do you mean prior so, to? Like, like, um, probably won't get his spot until the end of spring training because they want to hold that 40 man spot right. for maybe a free agent. Sure. Maybe that's why that uh, Fangraphs has them as potentially not on that roster. So, um, yeah, I that's that's sort of their lineup. I mean, here's a couple of things that I kind of wanted to note here. Um, uh, let's talk about Spencer Torkelson because I this relates to what we talked about with the pitchers, Vinny, mm-hmm. where yeah. you are the number one draft pick. You you are legitimately brought in to save a city, right? And the pressure that's on this kid to come in and, and, and be excellent. Um, I was funny. I talked to a buddy of mine who um, is a huge hockey fan, Troy Sutherland, shout out Troy. Um, he, a huge uh, hockey fan out of Canada. And we were talking about how like when young prospects in the NHL come to the league and they expect them to tear it up and put up 20, 30 goals and all these things. Well, these, these guys are young. Like and they're developing. And Spencer Torkelson was a guy that was excelled through the farm system and and, and on, honestly didn't really need to be. But I am really excited to see what numbers he can put up this year. Uh, he had an increase in all his major offensive categories. Just to note here, he did double in his at-bats. But I think the numbers do prove that he had an excellent year. His slugging percentage went up from 319 to 446 between 2022 and 2023. Home runs went from 8 to 31. Double the abats does not necessarily would have been the same in 2022. He would have obviously been around 16. So jumping to 31 is almost three times that amount. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, And then RBIs went from 28 to 94. He is, in my opinion, a guy that will get an extension here fairly soon because I think that he, if you're putting up 31 home runs in your second season and having that much of a jump, we should expect good things to happen. And like we talked about the dreadful AL central, I can really, really see this guy really tearing it up. 
And something you I want to mention. So those out of those 31 home runs that he hit, 16 of them came in the last 48 games. So he played he played and 100- he's not in a hitter's ballpark. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, golly, imagine if he was in New York or, or one of these other places. I Cincinnati mean, oh or something gosh. like that. Oh yeah. Coors. Um, but yeah, he started off the season slow and you know, if, if you follow any of his underlying numbers, we kind of knew the hot streak was coming, but it took, took a while. It took, you know, over a hundred games for him to really come into his own. This guy could hit 40 home runs in one of the worst parks in baseball. Like it's not out of the question at all. And for him to be just 24 years old right now, he is a future star for that team. And I, I really think this team is full of future stars. I mean, Torkelson, Riley Green, Parker Meadows, I think, is underrated. Colt Keith is another one. We'll talk about Max Clark in a little bit. Um, Javier Baez, like this team's just loaded. <laughs> Freaking love you, dude. <laughs> Riley Green, actually. Um, so he was interesting. Between 2022 and 2023, he didn't see many major differences in the RBI and home run categories, but he did see a big increase in his slash lines. He went from 253, 321, 362 to 289, 349, and 447 in reference to his 2022 to 2023 slash lines. And if I'm being honest, I think that he is about to go off this year. These guys, they're just getting, they're getting comfortable, man. And it's like, you know, I remember the whole thing with Joe Adele, like everyone want to put all this pressure on this guy to think he's going to be this amazing ball player. And unfortunately, maybe, you know, it hasn't worked out the way it should have. But like Riley Green is a really damn good baseball player. Yeah. And um, he just had Tommy John surgery on his non-throwing elbow. So that'll be something to monitor to see how he comes back. You know, we mentioned not know that. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Riley Green got a. In September, yep, he went on his non-throwing elbow. So, you know, elbows are are not a priority for hitters anyways, but not, you know, it, it would scare me more if it was a shoulder or something like that. But, um, you know, we're seeing Shohei Otani go right back to the well and hit next year. So, you know, like we also just saw with Bryce Harper, right? Like a little bit different injury. I think his was the UCL, but. But on his elbow, and, on his actual throwing elbow. Riley Green had Tommy John surgery on his non-throwing elbow. Yeah, in September, late September. So we'll see how he comes back right away. It may take him some time to. Are you? Are you okay? I'm just. I've never heard of this before. Yeah, yeah. You know, some of us are in the know. You know, I'm. I know Riley personally, so I don't want to. You know, give away too much. But he is in my fave five. That's a throwback for you if you remember that. Um. So I. I think. You know, it might take him a little bit of time coming back. I don't know how much work he's going to get in this offseason, but he is going to be a beast hitter. And we just talked about the age of Spencer Torkelson. Riley Green is younger. He's 23 and a half. So this team's set up just with those two guys. They got other ones, but Riley Green is a fun one. You know who's also a really fun name is Kerry Carpenter. Just a good name in general. Age 26, so a little bit older, but he, uh, between 2022 and 2023, really bumped up uh, in a lot of his numbers. Of course, you know, at bats wise, he went from uh, 103 to 418, but he bumped up to 20 home runs. He was a guy I picked up in fantasy about mid year because he was putting them out. And 
you know, in, in spurts, these guys are, once they get hot, they get hot. Um, but he's a really, really nice name. And like I said, he was in that DH spot. And then finally you mentioned him, Parker Meadows, uh, brother of Austin Meadows. Um, you know, people can look at the numbers and be like, he didn't even hit over 700 OPS. If you watched him play, this kid is elite. He's very elite for how young he is. And I think he is a real breakout target. Like you, you start rattling off these names, Vinny, like, Tell me what lineup in the AL Central that's better than this lineup right now. Yeah, I mean, I looked at Minnesota's and I'm like, okay, I still think Detroit's got a better lineup. The only thing I think Minnesota has over Detroit is their pitching, um, which, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll talk about Minnesota. But this is, in my opinion, the best offensive lineup in the AL Central. So I could, and that is with the year that they had last year. So, I mean, if we expect Carpenter and Meadows... I mean, they're not going to work out perfectly, but if all of them, Torkelson, if Colt Keith comes up and does something, if they take just marginal steps forward, this is the best offense in the Central. Mark Canna, another really mm-hmm. fun ad. Like we talked about. Good veteran. You talk about the them. rest. Very veteran. Uh, very veteran. Uh, very a, a highly touted veteran in, in essence of what he does for a lineup. There's a reason why the Brewers went out and got him last year at the at the trade deadline this is the type of guy like you talked about with the word margins this is a this is the type of player that does the right things at the right time and i know you love him and i love him as a cub but if javier baez can give me more than a 325 slugging this is the best lineup in the al central he had a 222 267 in a 325 slash line or 325. Yeah. Like it's the first time since 2015 that he hit less than 10 home runs. So it's gotta be something where it's like this guy just needs to be in a winning ball club. So now you're starting to see what I was saying a long time ago. Huh? Huh? Jake Rogers. Yeah. yeah, Ignore that one. I'm telling Zach you, McKinstry, you're right. Watch out, really good utility player as yeah. well. Yeah, the Cubs also had him for a little while. But you're absolutely, I mean, do we do we ever stop talking about the Cubs? Is that a thing? Well, when K-May's on, we normally kind of quiet it down a little bit. Maybe we should talk about him more when he's on. No, yeah. Just yeah, maybe he'll be on. But the, yeah, yeah, he'll he'll decline his contract immediately. I think, I mean, Javier Baez is 31. If he just turns into a power-only guy, not that he's been much else, anything. if he just doesn't swing at every pitch... Why couldn't he hit 25 again? 25 bombs. Give me a 230 average. I'm fine with that. And if I'm thinking about this, I think their rotation will probably have the same exact method to the madness of Baez. So I think this I think mm-hmm. this rotation actually looks pretty solid. Tariq yeah. Skubal is, in my opinion, uh, a breakout ta- uh, breakout candidate. This upcoming season. I don't season. even know if you can call it a breakout. I mean, he had a terrific. Are you sure? I think underrated wise, I don't think sure. a lot of I think I think because of the fact that he's in Detroit, if he's in uh, Houston yeah. or Texas, this thing's different. Yep. Jack Flaherty, of course, like we mentioned, he may – we'll see. We'll see what he turns into. Um, but Kenta Maeda, Matt Manning, just... and then Reese Olsen is one of my favorite pitchers in baseball towards the latter half of 2023 and a guy that – we talked about with Scooball being a breakout candidate. I think this is a kid that people really should get to know. I hope, I hope he stays healthy 
because I think he could potentially turn into a three or a two for them. I think that once he gets his, he, I mean, his stats were 3.99 ERA, 103 innings, uh, 103 walks, a third, or excuse me, 33 walks, so 103 strikeouts. Like this dude really came in in for me nice at fantasy baseball last year, and I picked him up based on the sole fact that he's got velo and he's got some gross stuff, dude. Yeah, and his his secondary stuff I think is what really sets him apart. Um, I don't know if he'll ever make the two only because, and again we'll talk about it once we get to their prospects. But Jackson Job is another one. Like when they have Scooble and Jackson Job as their one two. That is that is absolutely terrifying. Reese Olsen filling in as a three, I think, is is terrific for them. Okay. Matt Manning can, you know, figure it out for a little bit longer than 78 innings like that he threw last year. This is this is a great rotation. So hopefully with the dart throws for Flaherty and Maeda, they find something. Again, I I really hope Flaherty can figure it out somewhere because mm-hmm. I think there's a really good arm in there. Um he'd be a fun yeah. one. I I was hoping. Imagine if they catch lightning in a bottle with him this year, dude. Yeah, that'd be huge. Even if they halfway through the year, they said, you know what? We're going to sign you to a three-year extension or something like that. We're going to keep you for a little bit of a window. That'd, or, be, that'd be a lot of fun. Or, you know, I the problem, though, is that if you trade him, I, I don't see how his ceiling would get you anything that would be like an MLB-ready prospect. Yeah, no. So Plus, I don't you think might they as, need to. Like, no, they're going to need arms. So yeah, they, they got to. Good setup. If they win the AL Central and they go into a three-game wild card, they're going to need Flaherty. Yeah, yeah, they're going to need him. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, bullpen wise, we haven't talked about this with other clubs, but I think Alex Lang is, you know, mm-hmm. I'd like to see him more in the setup role. But you know, turtleneck, let the turtleneck roll, let him become a thing. He's kind of a psychopath, former Cub as well, who came over in the. Left-handed pitcher in 2019. You know, if you would have asked me probably any other time other than on the podcast, I probably would know it, but let's see. Either way, either way, came over in the trade. Jason Foley, Will Vest, Andrew Chafin, Shelby Miller will become an, uh, will be a part of that bullpen. Tyler Holton, Miguel Diaz, and uh, Joey. That was when the Cubs got Nick Castellanos from Detroit. Thank you. And, and an arm. No, they traded... No. Lang and Paul Richin for Castellanos in okay. 2019, July 31st, right on the deadline. That was a fun man. Oh. Yeah, that was a good time. Big Castellanos, Castellanos guy. I love Castellanos. Fun. He's played for a lot of teams too. Weird. He really has. He really yeah. has. Love it. His the 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 videos that have popped up of like you know him and his son with the home run celebrations. Oh, that's so cool, awesome right? Stuff. Yeah, awesome stuff. <laughs> Vinny, I'll um I'll turn it over to you, buddy, for these prospects because I think you know right away we can look at Max Clark, we can talk about Max Clark, but he's a guy that we won't see for probably a few years yeah. if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But I think that there is there's some real good dudes coming up through this farm system that are very very exciting, and you've already mentioned a couple of them. Yeah, um, I do want to touch on, you know, I feel like you can't talk touch about the Tigers unless, unless touch him, um, unless you bring up Max Clark just for a second, because, you know, he's like, if, if PCA is to Corbin Carroll, he is what to Corbin Carroll, I don't know how to say it. Corbin Carroll, PCA, Max Clark. Like there's a, there's a little, like they're all similar in that regard of 
They have great contact ability. They got a little bit of pop, you know, 2025 pop and Corbin maybe now has a little bit more and terrific speed. Like Max Clark has 70 grade speed. One of my favorite things about him is, did you know that he was a Gatorade's um, player of the year? I mean, he was so electric in high school, dude. I mean, it was like a 600 average. It, it, it was, it was kind of almost one of those things where it's like, dude, just go play travel ball your entire time. Yeah. I mean, and actually this was something else we could, we could, think about or talk about do you know any other gatorade player of the years that have made it to the major leagues bryce harper he might have been for his state but he was not a national um, baseball winner okay uh if i'm thinking about uh, so are these guys that are currently in the big leagues the one from 2019 is um the one from 2017 is one that we just drafted pitcher Oh, Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore, yeah. Okay. Um, um, the 2019 one is on the Kansas City Royals. Oh, Bobby Wood Jr. Bobby Wood Jr., yeah. Isn't that fun? Um, let's see. Let's go back a little bit. Can you get 2006 pitcher just left the Dodgers, or not left, but contract up pitcher? Kershaw. Uh, Kershaw, one of the greatest pitchers of all time. So, this list, I mean, I'm looking at this list. You got Kershaw, Justin Upton, Rick Porcello, Lance Justin McCullers. Upton was the God, man. That prospect when he was coming up, I mean, people were per, like giving him like, weren't they like in relation to, um, oh God, what were the names that they were putting in reference to him? I mean, it was, I mean, it was, yeah, he was on a different level. And so that's the point I want to get at too. I just, you know, it's fun to look back at some of these, these players who have won the Gatorade player of the year, but Max Clark is that different kind of athlete. Like he is, he's a lot of fun. So we don't have to touch too much on him. You're absolutely right. We probably won't see him until at least 2025, like late 2025, unless he absolutely lights it up and just forces their hand. But more than likely we're going to see him in 2025, maybe 2026, like late 25, early 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you jump down. Colt Keith is a guy that I mentioned. Um, came up playing second and third base, which is kind of a weird combination of positions, but um, guy knows how to hit the ball. He's not much of a, um, not much of a speedster, but last year between double A AA and triple A hit 306, which is just awesome. 27 home runs and um 60 walks to 120 strikeouts so not the greatest ratio there but the guy can hit and if he can play a good enough second base to stick up there i mean he's going to be the best second baseman best second base option so if i'm the tigers and i'm serious about winning that al central i'm not starting zach mckinstry at second base i'm starting i'm starting um colt keith because he gives you the best chance to win um but another one Sorry, go ahead. Well, one other thing, Vinny, too, to mention, you talked about him being at second base. Um, yeah. I didn't realize this. The kid was throwing 93 in high school. So That's now cool. you can put him over at third as well. And, man, like now now if I look at this, I'm saying I can put – I can leave Baez at short, and then I can plug in, you know, whether you can get a big-time free agent at second or third and then just putting, um, you know, putting Keith. Well, in I, that other position. I was going to, as I was saying that, I think Keith slides over to third because of this next guy I want to talk about, Jace Jung. Have you heard that last name before? Who do you know that's named Jung, Tyler? 
probably going to be one of the probably going to be a Hall of Fame player in in Josh Jung. Yeah, right. I mean, dude's a stud at third base. I love Josh Jung, and this is Josh Jung's younger brother. Came up as a second baseman. Again, if I'm the Tigers and I want to win the Central, I'm giving Jace Jung a shot because you know he is their best second baseman in the system. I don't know if they do. I mean, that might be rushing him up a little bit, but dude's 23 years old. Like, you know, not going to wait on him forever. They already got a couple guys who they've already, you know, ran out there at 23 and 22 with Riley Green. Granted, Riley Green's a little bit different, but why not give this guy a shot? I mean, dude hit 265 last year, you know, held his own, hit 28 bombs. Like, guy can hit slug of 502. Guy can hit, so... You got an infield of Torkelson, Jace Jung, Baez, eh, and then Colt Keith. That's a great around the horn, plus with Parker Meadows, Riley Green, Mark Hanna in the outfield. That's a sick lineup for them. So um, really hope they can do that. And the last guy I'll touch on, well, there's a few maybe that I could, but Tyler, do you know who Jackson Job is? Have you heard the name? I've heard the name, but one, I, w- I want to know more about him because I just don't. I haven't, I haven't invested the time in that, but he is a name that just keeps popping up. Yeah. So they took him in, I want to say it was the first round. I had it up, but I want to get it correct. Um, third overall in the 2021 draft. When that happened, a lot of the Tigers fans are angry. They're upset because typically teams don't take too many gambles on pitchers that high. It's just, it it almost never works out. I mean, see Steven Strasburg, you know, not that it doesn't work out. It has worked out, but you got to take a special talent for third overall. And let me tell you, Jackson Job is that special talent. Like everything that you're seeing from Tariq Skubal right now, that could be Jackson Job in a year or two. So he probably doesn't come up this year. Maybe if they're in contention, he's a guy that comes up at the end of the year is like, Hey, we need an extra arm. You know, we're going to use you, but He's battled some injuries, but he was the only pitcher last year in the minor leagues. He's under 20, mind you, only pitcher under 20 to have a strikeout minus walk rate of over 30%. Tyler, let me let me pull this up real quick because I had it here too. He, where'd it go? Where'd it go? I want to say he walked four batters all year last year. Um, let me just verify that Jackson Job right here. So he threw, it was only 60 innings last year, but he walked a total Oh, six. I'm sorry. He walked a total of six hitters last year, six, 1.9% walk rate. That is insane. Dude strikes out over 30% of hitters walks. Nobody. Great control, great fastball. He's got frontline stuff. So Jackson Job, watch out for him. Top four of this is, of this um, system is just loaded. I mean, le- legitimately right now then, because now you got Kenta Maeda on a multi-year deal. You have Reese Olsen, Matt Manning, Tariq Skubal, and then you plug in Job uh, mm-hmm. once Flaherty leaves. And if you want to give something better than Matt Manning, you can bring somebody else up. Then your lineup, we're thinking about it for the coming years, right? So center field, Parker Meadows, easy. Right field, Riley Green, first base, Spencer Torkelson, DH, Kerry Carpenter, no doubt. And then 
Um, left field is going to be something where they could potentially look at. But then third base, you plug in Jung or you play a placement second base, you can kind of play free agency from there. And then shortstop Javier Baez and your catcher's Jake Rogers. I'm actually, I'm surprised, you know, the more and more that I look at this team, I don't know who's ahead of them, but I'm surprised that they're this low because in the power rankings, I mean, for MLB, we should come up with our own power rankings because the ones that MLB has just don't sit right with me right now because the Tigers are a very good team. I, I am I'm excited about them, man. I really, really am. I mean, we've talked about we talked about basically every other team, we talked about the Royals, talked about the um the White Sox. The White Sox, but we haven't talked about the Guardians or the Twins. And you're saying that the Tigers, I agree with you, but I think the Tigers are better than both those teams. Yeah, I'll have to do a little bit deeper dive again. I think the Twins now, now the, the Guardians have Jose Ramirez, and I think that really that man that big time player makes a huge difference, dude. And not just Jose, they'll bring up Kyle Manzardo this oh year. God, I did I tell you huge. that I saw? Did I tell you that I saw? I'm I'm I, I feel so bad that I'm talking. I'm blanking on this kid's name. Uh, Chase Delauder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's I saw one. him. I saw him in the opening night hit a 445 hit a four. 45, oh my God. 45 cent. 445 foot home run that was legitimately top of the zone and just turned. It wasn't like gearing up for it. He just turned and he hit 445 the dead right center. It's one of those that just like, it's probably you watched it and you're just like, this you can't is a explain. level. You can't, yeah, you it's can't explain. And, and we're sitting there and I jokingly say, to my dad, I'm like, God, I don't know how I didn't make it. <laughs> I don't, like, that was me, me like, all high school. You have aspirations like... to play in the MLB. And I'm like, yeah. And then I went and saw a minor league baseball game. You watch a like, guy like Chase DeLauder hit a baseball. Yeah. 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 And Manzardo, like Manzardo had a hell of an AFL. So, yeah, the Guardians are legit. Guardians are, are not, I mean, legit's a big word. Um, As long as they keep everybody. But... They got some legit guys. They got some legit talent. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. For Aaron um, Savali, you get you get Lizardo for Aaron Savali. That's ridiculous, dude. And then they lost Wander Franco. The Rays are going to be a really interesting segment as well. I really enjoyed this one, dude. I really enjoyed this yeah. episode. This yeah, was a lot too. of fun. It was, fun. It was a good time. Yeah. I uh Tigers are a fun team. Watch out for a few of them. Another one, Justin Henry Malloy, another third base potential guy okay. who just hits the piss out of the ball. Like I just, I can't, I, I, I got to shut up. You got to cut me off because there's just, there's too many fun names on this team. So, well, yeah. we got a big, we got a big uh, segment of our draft coming up in the minor league draft. So hopefully some of these names are not taken so we can look towards them. But um, Vinny, anything else before we sign off here, pal? No, I just want to mention, you know, for anyone who's, who's listening, we've been thinking about doing um, some write-ups for, you know, games next year. So for example, you know, after a day's worth of games sending out through email via email um you know updates on how the games went you know not just the box scores but the storylines of the games really and just what that might look like so you know if anyone's interested let us know thought that might be fun to to consider doing tyler i know you said maybe that'd be it'd be a lot of fun it'd be a lot of fun yeah hey one other thing that i thought was probably one of the funnier tweets i've seen in a very long time Somebody tweeted, if Tim Hill was from the Chicagoland area, what town would he be from? Somebody put Woodstock. Why? 
Huh. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, buddy, this has been good to everyone that listened to us in 2023. Uh, we've had some fun interviews. We had Vinny join the pod. We've got a whole crew now. We're starting to get uh we're getting better mics. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the, the buy, whole crew. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully everybody uses the mic here soon. But this is just fun. And um, I said it when I, I, I was it was very, very cool to be on the Lockdown Cubs podcast the other day. And, you know, I just brought it up. I said, if anybody's ever really looking to do something like this, just do it. What's, you know, what's, what's bad that comes out of it, right? You get to connect with friends. You get to talk about something that you're passionate about. You know, for Vinny and I, we both could agree that we kind of sit there probably sometimes and, and just go, man, I really want to talk baseball is and, and, and talk to it for hours and hours on end about certain players and where teams can go and, uh, drawing up conclusions or scenarios that are so unrealistic, but somehow <laughs> realistic at the same time. Fun, yeah. Uh, this is just fun. So um, I really hope that 2024 brings us some really, really cool opportunities. And I, I really, honestly, my biggest thing is just hopefully we can get some really, really cool interviews and learn about baseball from a different, from a different viewpoint that many people don't get to see. And hopefully we have that opportunity. Yeah. I 2024 is going to be a big year for us. Like you said, if nothing comes out of this, we have fun. Like I, this is a lot of fun. I am not worried about what comes out of this at all. We're just gonna have a good time, and we're probably gonna get off and text about some of our next picks. So yeah, we're talking baseball twenty four seven. Like it doesn't it's stop anyway. So man. let's just let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff, well, to everyone that tuned in, thank you so much for listening to us during the twenty twenty three campaign. And for listening to another edition of the Big Fly Pod, we hope that you continue to listen to us here in 2024. As Vinny said it, hopefully some big things are to come. Uh, He's Vinny. I'm T. Lou. Thanks so much again for listening to the Big Fly Pod.